Hello and welcome to another episode of Chats with Chelsea. I am like stoked because Sandy and I, today's guest, we have a history, we have history already, right? <laughs> One day I may tell you, but for today we are going to jump into her story. Sandy Williams, she is based here in Richmond, Virginia. She's the owner, the face, the everything behind Sass and Fast Photography. So ladies, join me in welcoming Sandy Williams. Hello, hello. Sandy, <laughs> so good to see you. Good I to love see these you. boots. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a good day. You know, I'm 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 smelling our coffee and espresso. Well, I have to ask you some questions so I can start sipping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sandy, you're here in Richmond. Mm -hmm. Let's let's start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Um, yeah, let's start there. All right. So I was a army brat, born in Northern Virginia. Meandered about there for a bit. Uh, my family moved away to Wisconsin for several years and then came back to the Virginia area. Um, I found myself down in Lynchburg after a while doing okay. some school studies and then decided after my parents split and moved about and um, one was in Fredericksburg, one was in Williamsburg and I decided Richmond would be a nice little middle spot. Mm -hmm. And so I came here and I settled down about, let's see. 12 years ago, I guess, in Richmond, and it, I've made it my home, and it's the longest I've been in any one spot, and I adore <laughs> this city. <laughs> well, that's great. Yes. Um, I'm a newbie here, so I'm three years in, oh, welcome, and so welcome. thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm making this home. Tell me, so outside of it being the middle point between your parents, what's your favorite thing about Richmond? What's What's, yeah, what's your favorite thing? What's kept you from mm -hmm. here? That's a great question. For you. For, for me. me. For you. For me personally, it is the diversity that I love tremendously. Um, I, I tell people that aren't from Richmond or that people that are new to Richmond that Richmond doesn't know strangers. They don't know color. They don't know orientation. They just know humans. Yes. And that's a predominating um, feel of this city that I love and I love to be part of you know that's awesome mm -hmm. you know and I there's so much happening here I mean you've been here for 12 years I've been here for three and you know as you talk about diversity I think about the ICA that just opened yeah. last year I think about all the great things that are happening from a diversity and culture perspective um, the things that are Kelly Lemon is doing to help bridge those gaps mm -hmm. and so it's it is phenomenal to see because there is somewhat of a divide here yeah. um, in our city. And so it's great to, one, that you see, um, because part of, as I, as I listen, I think that you not only see where we are, but you see where we're going. Yeah. And where we've been. I think and that's huge. Yeah. 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 So diversity is big for you. You're a photographer. Mm. And you didn't go to school for photography. I did not. Tell us what you went to school for. Psychology. <laughs> okay, so you're probably like analyzing me like right now. Are you, are you doing this? Are you like, oh I'm my not. gosh, Chelsea is a hot mess today. What is going on with her? <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> you are all together. <laughs> so photography is what you've been doing for almost 20 years yeah, now. Correct. Correct. Tell us how you go from psychology, which is using one side of your brain. Right to photography which is using the side of the brain that i should be using more often but i get to use when i'm sitting here in the studio yes you do <laughs> yes, 
Um, it's an interesting story. I, I had always kind of had a passion for photography since I was very little. Um, so little that I remember at about maybe six, seven years old, my grandmother had this old Minolta camera and she would put it in my hands and it was this long, it was long like this. And I loved the, the feeling of the click and the wind. It was just back in the little yeah. pop-in film days. And, and she would give me, she'd put a 12 exposure little roll of film in there and tell me to go outside and take pictures. And I was maybe six or seven years old. And I would just, I'd get really up close to certain things and I'd make little bits of magic happen, which I never saw. I never saw the, you know, what came of those, but <laughs> and the, the, the fact was that it was embodied into me in a very early, early age. And then I, as I got older and I started to kind of, it never was not there that I could remember. It was always something that was part of me. And then when I got older and I saw this commercial for um, some fancy photography work and I, I saw this commercial, it was a football player and he was running across the field and the camera, you're in the camera from the perspective and Okay. Of the of the of the cameraman, and they they freeze the frame, and they take this picture, and the the football player is in sharp focus, and everything else is blurred out in the background. And I just thought, I want to make that art. Yeah. I want to have sharp focus on something that's important to me. I want to be able to to do that. And so I started to dive in. <laughs> it's been an incredible journey. So you saw the commercial, this commercial, this football commercial mm -hmm. was intriguing to you. You already had a little tasting from a child from yeah. playing with your grandmother's camera. Mm -hmm. And then tell us about one of your first photo shoots that you just kind of happened to come upon. Okay. So I got my first camera. Um, I was uh, uh, laying in a field. I was looking up at the sky, which was very blue. There were some big white puffy clouds. And I was um, just looking up there, actually getting ready to take some pictures of clouds. And my daughter, who at the time was about two or three years old, was playing in the field beside me. She's goofing off. I'm focusing on these clouds and rather taken by the clouds. <laughs> and she runs over and playfully puts her face over top of the camera and I saw this moment with this beautiful child that I had to capture and I clicked and I thought oh, that was pretty amazing and I had it developed because again back in film days mm -hmm. and it was hands down one of the most beautiful photos I have ever seen of my child right. and I thought to myself every single parent needs to have this photo of their kid hmm. every single puppy parent needs to have this photo of their animal. That came later. But that, in the beginning, it was every single parent needs this photo of their child. And I was like, I'm going to make this happen. Again, I, it took many years after that to get to this point. But it was, it was in there from a very, very early time. You know, I love that. Sister friends, I just want to remind you that when you think about purpose, when you think about what it is, that life is calling you to, what God has called you to, don't be blind to those things that are interests of yours. Don't be blind to those things that mm -hmm. have always been a part of you, that you're curious about, that, that have always made you wonder, ah, you know? Because as I'm thinking about Sandy, like mm -hmm. this goes 
back. Yeah. I mean, from the ch from being a child, playing with your grandmother's camera, never seeing those ex you know those exposures right. to watching a football commercial, yeah. being totally intrigued. M mind you, you'd already went to college, been mm -hmm. trained for something totally different, and then right there in the field, it was oh my gosh. So you're there in the field. She she bends over, comes over, says, she's basically saying, Mommy, I'm going to help you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Because right, right. you're not supposed to be taking pictures only of these clouds. It's supposed yeah. to be of humans, too. Yeah. And from there, tell us, what be, how did you get from that aha moment of, I want to have every parent to have a, a photo of their child like I just have of mine, to where you're almost 20 years and, I mean, you're a known quantity here in Richmond. How, how did you get there? What's been that journey? Mm. That journey, um, from there, it, it became one of those things where I thought it, it would be good and safe to kind of play around with photography at different birthday parties, family functions, that kind of thing. People kept asking me to come and photograph at their events, and I just thought, well, with the, with the not important events, it was not that big of a deal. It was like, oh yeah, I'll come and take some pictures. It's yeah. no big deal. Fine, no problem. You pay for the film. You know? <laughs> okay. And then um, at, at some point, and this was probably about nine years ago, somebody came to me and asked me to do their wedding. Mm. And I thought, you're crazy. There's absolutely no way I'm going to do a wedding. That's ridiculous. Birthday parties with, you know, four-year-olds is one thing. But a wedding, that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And she insisted and she kept asking and she had seen my work um, or my hobby <laughs> at that point. And she kept insisting and she said, no, you have, you have what I want. You capture what I want to see. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking, this woman's crazy. And then she offered me money and I thought, triple no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm like, you just did it in for yourself because I'm definitely not doing it now. And she she kept on and she insisted. And finally I said, all right, I'll do it. And she paid me $500 to come to her wedding and capture. And I got into those moments of, and it's kind of interesting for my first professional gig to have been a wedding because it's kind of un, it's, it's unheard of in the photography industry. You kind of start somewhere else and you wind up getting to weddings eventually. But um I did it and I loved it and I was able to see at this wedding lots and lots and lots of different forms of art when it came to photography. Mm. So it was art with wedding rings, it was art with a bouquet, it was art with the, the flower girl coming down the aisle, there was art with the flower girl who got tired of the ceremony and sat down and had this very pouty look on her face and a thumb in her mouth and a blanket and it was just <laughs> this whole thing that I was seeing and I got to see everything and everything I saw that was beautiful, I could capture so that they could see later that it was beautiful. And I thought, this is it. This is amazing. <laughs> and and it, from there, it was, um, it still took a little bit of time to kind of launch a business from that, mm -hmm. but, I, but I did uh, a couple of years later, <laughs> <laughs> which was fun. So in this, as we're thinking about the young ladies out there, all the older ladies who are out there who are, thinking, okay, I've had some of these moments in my life and it's different than my training. It's different than even what other people may have told me that I should be doing with my life. You had a few few moments, Sandy. What made you confident that you should go and launch a business, hmm. change the course of your life? Um, well, it had, it had, 
little to do with the business itself and more to do with necessity. Um, I got to a point in my life where I was in a, a, a pretty uh, treacherous relationship situation, three mm -hmm. kids, a house, all these things that I kind of needed to get out of. And it came down to evaluating what my greatest skills were. And it came down to, I was at the time, I was studying um, beyond psychology into neurobiology. And uh, I had the option of either stay in this situation and go on and finish studying neurobiology and become a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> or take your skill set and get out. And I said, I'm going to take this skill I don't want to wait. <laughs> Ready. So it's still something burning in the inside of you, though, about your interest in photography. Yeah, absolutely. That never, it never, ever, ever went away. My spare, if I had spare time, when I had spare time, it was grab a camera, go out, photograph something, make art of something, find something to to capture, see somebody. I'd be on a street in Fredericksburg, downtown Fredericksburg, and I'd sit on the sidewalk and I'd look at kids running toward me with cupcakes in their hands or something and I'd grab it and I'd tell the people contact me later I'm gonna give you this photo you know it was just it was always 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 deeply entrenched and so when I had this I came to this point in my life where it was like you need to make a decision are you gonna do this which you're passionate about and you love and it's amazing and you feel very fulfilled in the science field or you can take your skill set and push forward into this avenue and it, it the photography had spoken so loud to me for so long yeah. that I thought it's time to pay attention to it. Mm. One of the things you said earlier that is, I, I love this, that when I'm able to sit across from amazing women like you and just be reminded of how far we've come with mm. technology. And so you shared that uh, when you first were starting and people were coming to you, this is back when you were having to develop your film. <laughs> yeah. So... Tell us how they found out about you. There, there wasn't Facebook, mm -mm. you know, there wasn't Google like mm -mm. we know it's today. H how did they know that you were this amazing mm -hmm. photographer? It's just word of mouth. Hmm. It was really word of mouth. It was, a, um, I was, my, my family was connected to several families that I grew up with that they all had big families and big mouths. And so they would just, you know, if someone needed a photographer, they would say, well, who do we know? Oh, we know Sandy. Sandy will come. She'll do it. She'll photograph anything. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll make it awesome. So it was, it just started to become this thing, word of mouth, which is still, interestingly enough, my most favorite mm -hmm. form of flattery. And people run their mouth to this day. We have all these other things. We have the Facebook and mm -hmm. we have websites well we had websites then but you know we have all these other means of communication and means of marketing and networking and it's still my business is run primarily by people who run their mouths <laughs> I tell everybody I'm like run your mouth <laughs> say things <laughs> that's how that's how I get in you know it's pretty good I love that mm -hmm. I think that so often we can get caught up in social media which has a power right I'm right. not discounting that Absolutely. at all uh, yet the power that your business has shown as a successful of from when social media didn't exist to now that it even exists now and the fact that you continue to grow and have these amazing opportunities to film people in their most precious moments mm -hmm. because of people speaking about your work. Right. Which speaks to the work. <laughs> Makes me happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm still sometimes I'm like, Wow, uh, really? People are still not okay. They're, right. They're still talking. We'll go with that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's 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 talk a little bit about that phase, that that transition, that season in life you were in, Sandy, when you made the decision that this was a necessity, but mm -hmm. you chose the necessity that also was burning deep on the inside of you, right? Because mm -hmm. um, you had two paths as you laid out. Um, and obviously one was of an interest because you had already gotten your psychology degree, you were in school. Doing this season and the fact that your business in some ways was birthed through a difficult season, what kept you going? My children. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, I kind of had no choice. They were the impetus for every single session I booked, every single client I connected to, every single meeting I attended. Um, they kept me going. I was, let me show them how to be a strong person. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even necessarily about being a woman. It was about being a strong person, someone that can get through um, independently and with fierceness. Let me show them what it's like. My <laughs> <laughs> <And> poor children. <laughs> Quite the example. And you showed them. <laughs> yeah, I did. All the time, every day. What was it like for them during this transition of being in a two-parent home to now there's mommy's home and then there's daddy's house? Um, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, they were a lot more, um, what's the word? They were a lot more... They were, it was easier for them to accept than I thought it was going to be. And when I think about it now, going back, um, it seemed to be not even a question in my mind. And I did, I, can, I was concerned about them. I was concerned, you know, we always think about our children when, we, when we're going through separations. You think this is what they know, and this is what they've seen, and this is what they've grown up in. And so it's kind of one of those situations where I'm, I'm going to now change that all so I can be happy. And that's, when I was going through all of that, what really hit me was they hadn't seen either of us happy. Really. And I thought, well, this is gotta change. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very happy person. <laughs> Why wouldn't I let them see me happy? They were, you know, and they, I could leave the house and I could be happy in school. I could be happy with my friends. I could be happy doing this. I could be happy doing that. My kids weren't seeing it. Mm -hmm. And so as we transitioned, um, you know, one of the things that I, I love that we did was we assigned the title of my house as the fort. And it was... <laughs> Our little escape um, from the situation and I think it made it kind of more of a playful thing where it was like we're gonna go to the fort and we're gonna you know our, our first night there we ordered pizza and we didn't have any furniture in the house yet and we did, ordered pizza and we sat on the, on the dining room floor and to this day we still talk about where we all sat in the room <laughs> when, we, when we first got to this house and we were all by ourselves and it was our first time and mm -hmm. I remember waking up the next morning and breathing this massive sigh of relief that I was finally in this position of being able to launch myself mm -hmm. from a new space independently and happy and that they were going to get to see and they they acclimated so much better and faster than I thought they were going to. I was really concerned. I mean, we get so concerned. But they, I think what they reacted to the most was 
actually the energy of being happy. Hmm. And they got to see it. And so they were just like, well, this is awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are your tips? Um, the transition happened how many years ago? Six. Six years ago. What are your tips, Sandy, for women out there? Um, it's going to be two parts, so let's start with this first part. Mm-hmm. What, what, are, what are your tips, your advice to women out there who they're in that transition and they're concerned about their kids like you were? What would, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, I would, I would tell, I advise them strongly to assign a label to their happiness and to concentrate on it. Your kids are going to react to your happinesses. Those transitions are, society has kind of set up this idea of how things are supposed to be or how things aren't supposed to be. And I think those transitions specifically Mm -hmm. are ones that require our, our energy to focus in on more energetically than mm-hmm. logically. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that remember that our kids are versatile. Remember that they're going to react to our happinesses. Remember, if we're sitting in a kitchen and we're frustrated about something, our kids are going to react with frustration. Nine times out of ten. There are those kids out there that see your mommies and daddies frustrated and they come in and they're just so peaceful and loving. And <laughs> Don't worry, mommy. You know, but, but for the most part, they're going to see us happy. They're going to react with happiness. It's just kind of how the logic of human energy goes. So, And then what would you say to those women? They may have kids. They may not have kids. Yet they have made the decision that they are separating from their marriage. Hmm. What's your advice to them on doing the transition of how they're able to, they're able to be okay? Because that's a, I can only imagine it to still be a major life change because you dedicated and said that you're gonna spend the rest of your life with someone, you build somewhat of a life together, and for whatever reason, it has now come to the point where there's a separation. And so there's going to be, it's a loss. And so you grieve through that. What's your advice to them of, I mean, because six years ago, you were there and here you are and you're sitting in my studio and you were beaming uh, with, you know, you're, you're just beaming. And so it's, how did you get through? What do you tell, what do you tell yourself six years ago? Nobody. Can love you like you can. Nobody can. Not your kids, not your spouse, not your friends. Only you can love you like you can. I sit with myself every single day and I close my eyes at three o'clock every afternoon <laughs> and I have a meditation and I start with my toes and I tell my whole body from tippy toe all the way up to my little hairs at the top (laughs) that I love me and I'm proud of me and believing in yourself and loving yourself to that extent it allows first of all I think for the people that are meant to be in our lives to love us like we love ourselves to come in and it excuses the people that can't quite get there for whatever reason to get out that's so powerful (laughs) it's you know for any lady out there who is watching and you find yourself in this 
you may find yourself in a season of uncertainty. I can, I can testify to the fact that self-love is so important. Um, I believe that um, for me personally, I believe that God loves me. He cares about me. Yet for me to be able to experience his love, I have to have this awareness that I am loved and that I deserve to be loved. Mm -hmm. And with that awareness that you deserve to be loved, as Sandy is sharing with us, it changes the way you operate in life and how you see yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and even as you were sharing and defining that it's that respect piece in there as well, yeah. because then you, as you understand how you're to be loved and you love yourself that way and you, ex you're like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to set boundaries yes. and it's, I deserve respect. I deserve and, but you deserve it because you first start with you. Exactly. And it's real. Yes. You know, this isn't some social media love or, right. you know. It's authentic. This it is, starts yeah. in your flesh and your bones and your blood. And you and you, you energize it. I mean, I can't tell yeah. you. Every day I come out of that meditation, I'm like, here I am. Ready Once again, let's go. As I, you know, and as I'm thinking, it even goes as far as I, I can speak for myself. As I am learning to love myself even more it's okay you know what I am responsible for my body mm -hmm. and I really probably would like to eat ice cream a good portion <laughs> of the day but if I love myself the way I say that I love myself I'll also have the ability and I know that I can restrain myself to be able to eat the things that I should eat because if I love myself as much as I say I do I'm not just thinking about now I'm thinking about the future as well right <laughs> okay so you've given us you, you you're taking us through this journey you've given us tips of how to go through one of those major life transitions if we find ourselves there how to keep ourselves individually empowered um let's go back to the photography okay you know to me this it's all we together so we go <laughs> so we talk a little family we talk a little photography yeah. Tell us what has been your favorite, one of your favorite shoots. Ooh. <laughs> Let's see. Um, one of my favorite shoots. Well, goodness. I, I am going to take that. I'm going to give that, I'm going to give two answers. Okay. The first one will be um, a, a, a generalization, um, which is to say, anytime I get to photograph a child, I am elated. Okay. Just out of my skin. I get to be a child during that time. I get yeah. to, um, I remember <laughs> one time, so this has happened a few times where, you know, parents with their good hearts come into the photo shoots and they, they were on location more in some space and they, they want their kids to smile. And so there they are cheering their kids on smile, smile, smile. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> And um, one of my favorite things to do is to tell the parents, we're going to play a game and you guys are going to walk all the way over there and me and these guys are going to walk all the way over there and you can see us and we're going to run down to you and we're going to make this happen. And so on multiple occasions, I'll take the parents and set them aside. That's not for everybody. That's, I've done this also for people that don't say smile, smile, smile. Kids. <laughs> so it's fun. Um, and... I can then play with the kids and elicit reactions from the kids that are so genuine, that's yes. so so sweet and so um, 
true to, to who they are as these little teeny tiny people. And it, I feel like it's having had a psychology background, specifically in child mm. psychology, I'm able to sit with these kids and be like, I know who's bashful. I'm going to get you. you know? And I can <laughs> play with them and get them out. Um, so in general, I would say any of my, my kid sessions have been some of my favorites. Um, if I had to, to pinpoint one in particular shoot, that would be one of my top 10 favorites. I'd have to say that um, one that I did most recently was um, I did some business branding. I do a lot of business branding photography and um, had nothing to do with kids, actually. It had to do with a room full of adults. Most adults, as we know, are pretty self-conscious in front of the camera. And I got to play with them as if they were children. And oh. I got to elicit such reactions from them for, for a very specific business cause, which was amazing. And they were all there with this super strong um, sense of what they needed to be there for. And they, were, they had given me the reins. Be creative. Be whatever you need to be. And we played and played and played. And I have the best captures to represent this movement that they're putting out into the world and to represent the company that they're doing it through. And I left there feeling so energized and so ahead of even my own game that I was, I was pretty, pretty elated. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things that I love when I'm talking with you, Cindy, is that you're just you, right? You're, yeah. you're there. And so, That's true. Uh, get, let the Chats with Chelsea community know about that time you walked into the photo shoot. You were completely you, just laughing, oh. and half of the room was kind of just staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> I am very much me. Um, those those have happened. There's there's a couple in particular that come immediately to mind, um, and you know. <laughs> Well, I'm remembering one in particular. I'm not sure if this is the one you're thinking of, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. There was one in particular. I walked into a room, and here I am being completely goofy, and um, everybody's just kind of like, this This lady's nuts. And, um, <laughs> and I'm playing with this person, and I'm jeering this person, and I'm kind of, you know, we're getting ready to gear up. We're getting ready to go and start getting um, some captures together. I'm finding out what they need and what they want and how they want it expressed. And... Um, I'm messing around with this one person, this older gentleman, and he's got this funny hat on, and I'm giving him, you know, some a hard time about his hat or his scarf or whatever, and they're all, like, looking at me, and, and they said, uh, and one girl pulls me aside, she says, you know who that is? <laughs> and I said, I said, who? I said, it's the CEO. I said, oh, no. I said, well, good, because what are we but human? I mean, what, what are we? Why? Why does any kind of position in that, in that, all right, good, he's, he hired me, he's paying me, fantastic, he needs to know how wonderful I am. <laughs> um, and so it, and it kind of, it, it kind of put me in that position where it was like, I, I, in that moment, and several others very, very similar to that, where I realized we're all just humans, and if I'm going to capture, that CEO used to be a child, mm. right? And I remember thinking this when I was a little kid, where I'd look at adults and I'd think, you were once a baby. You were once a four-year-old. And I still think that when I'm out in the field and I'm playing with CEOs and getting them to react to me and laugh and goof off, and I think, well, you were just a child, so I can play with you like a child. Like, I can be. So it's, it's kind of a, a um, I'm in a position of being very childlike to elicit those truest, those, those most true moments from right. these humans. It doesn't matter what position you're in or how old you are. <laughs> 
I love it. <laughs> I, I think that's a lesson that so many of us need to learn. Um, so, you went to school for psychology. You were studying neuroscience. Yeah. You've grown this business. Yet, how have you been able to grow and develop your craft as a photographer? Hmm. That's tough because I wasn't classically trained. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trained technically. Um, I've had to learn um, sometimes slowly, sometimes a very long way around. Um, there were several times, there was for a couple of years, I was doing some editing and some processing a certain way because that's what I knew and what I had learned kind of. And another photographer came in one day and she was sitting next to me at this coffee shop and we, we knew each other pretty well. <laughs> she sat down and she leans over and she says, why are you, what are you doing in uh, Photoshop? Doing? What are you doing? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm cropping and editing. That's what I do. <laughs> why aren't you using this program? And I was like, what, I don't know that program. <laughs> she says, hmm. And she's all right, I'm going to tell you this. And she's also a fellow photographer in Richmond. And she says, I'm going to tell you this. She's going to change your business. And she told me this one little secret that literally changed my business, turned everything into this, oh, so now I don't have to edit for four hours, I can edit in 45 minutes. Oh, I wish I would have known that. <laughs> so sometimes I had to learn, and I would have gotten that from school probably, but I didn't, I got it from her, and that being the case, the back, the, the other way, the long way, I know very, very, very well, so if anybody needs me to go into Photoshop, I can say I'm Photoshop certified, and I know all about it. Um, so there's been there's been bits and pieces. I've had a lot of really amazing colleagues and mentors that have come through and when I have questions I can go to certain people and they unabashedly give me anything that I need and want um, and sometimes more <laughs> You know was there ever concern during the journey because you were not classically trained that you may not make it, that you may not be as successful. Was there ever that fear, those in insecurity, doubt? Um, I can say yes and I can say no. Okay. I can say yes on account of the fact that it isn't what society built for me. It is what I built for me. Mm -hmm. And we all kind of have that little pause in our passions, right? Mm -hmm. Where we say, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this going to sustain me and my children? Is this going to provide for the fort? You know, is it, I mean, it really, you kind of, and, and you have to really sink into a confidence there that I had never known before. Mm. I can also say no on account of the fact that I know myself really well. And if I have a passion, if I have a, a thing that I want, a thing that I need to make happen, nothing is going to stop me. It's just... And I, sometimes I think to myself, all right, Sandy, this should, you should be stopped in this because this is a little bit ridiculous. It still doesn't stop me. I still <laughs> keep going. I'm like, well, there she goes on down that path, that stubborn thing. <laughs> but the confidence, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, for any ladies out there who may be uh, struggling with confidence, you know, you feel called to something that you have not been trained for. Mm -hmm. Kind of somewhat the opposite of what you've been trained for. Yeah, actually. <laughs> actually. <laughs> You, I, I enjoy and I'm grateful for your authenticity, being authentic, yeah. before I mess up more words, um, <laughs> and just being so transparent with us about that, you know, because as you said about society, society, there's so many more pressures too, 
um, my husband and I, we this comes up of just like being a teenager 20 years ago because he's a youth pastor to now and just the pressures in it. Let's just all take a deep breath. Like you said, I love how you talk about, you know, we're all babies. We're all toddlers and kids. Yeah. Let's let's stop making this so complicated. Right. Um, not that we won't find ourselves in complicated situations. Um, and, the, and the way out may be complicated mm-hmm. or the way in for that season may be complicated. But let's get our mind to this place of, okay, this is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I can get through this. Yes. I can do this. Yes. Um, you one of the things you talked about that I absolutely love. I'm a huge fan of mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I have seen the benefit of mentors. Um, my parents were teenagers when they had me, and grateful um, to both of them. Grateful that my mother chose life when she was given the option. Yet it has always been a village, a community that's helped get me to where I am, you know, because I've had to realize that people can only give you what they have. Mm -hmm. And so it's been great to have mentors to be able to offer different perspectives. How have mentors helped you? Oh, tremendously. (laughs) Um, I have, I have one in particular that I go to. I, I call him my Richmond dad. Um, he's, he is absolutely, um, he was, classically trained in videography and photography and um we stumbled upon each other in a coffee shop one day many 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 years ago and he was interested in what I was doing and then he shared with me what he was doing and he has um since been kind of my go-to when Mm I I and actually for more things than business I mean when I if I'm feeling more things than technical business I should say (laughs) um where I, I I start to feel downtrodden or um Mm -hmm. concerned or have any have need for some kind of inspiration he's always there um and mentors have have helped me not only in those inspirational ways but as well as um learning the um the other side of the business which would be more along the um technical side running a business doing all of these um things that i actually don't want to do (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, all right, here, you know, I've had mentors that have come in and say, all right, well, you need to, so here you go, and give me tips and tricks. So um, they've been they've been sprinkled throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also had some pretty fantastic interns who have turned into mentors of mine in some way, shape, or form that I can learn from, and and they learn from me, which is always interesting to me. <laughs> like, well, you learn from me, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they've, they've had, they've played a pretty massive role. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. One of the things you just touched on, and I know there's so many other, uh, business owners who are listening to our conversation thinking, oh my gosh, I share that. And, you know, Cindy, you have the passion for the photography yet you run, you, you lead a photography business. Yes. And so how have you been able to remain successful, not only by doing good work, by be, but being able to make sure the invoices are sent, they're paid, people know where to come. How have you navigated through the side of the, the, the business side that's not your most favorite part? One answer. I have a fantastic assistant. <laughs> Um, my golden assistant, as I like to call her. Like she's a, she's technically an editor, but she's also a friend. 
and um, she she knows my business very very well in and out and she'll tell me <laughs> she'll tell me this is what you need to do this is how you need to do it this is and so she, she keeps me on my toes which is um, I need that especially I'm not sure if all business owners are business minded I am not I am definitely much more passion-minded I kind mm -hmm. of like to just fly by what my heart says to go for and then you have to take these pauses and you have to say oh we have to answer emails we have to send invoices we have to pay this we have to do these things you know and, we, and it's it's a those are difficult concepts for me to to get around because I as I like to tell my assistants and all my my editors and everything I just want to shoot can you guys do everything else please I don't want to do any of this other <laughs> that. I just want to shoot um <clears throat> And and that and that when it comes right down to it, that is all I want to do. And so I try to make myself, but I ha I have had to learn the other aspect, the other side of things. Um, and the, the people that have been involved with helping me learn that have been very patient because it's not my scene. But I but now I know how to do it, and so I'm kind of like, all right, it's not that bad. I can teach somebody else how to do it. <laughs> so I know enough to teach them, right? <laughs> right, right. So don't like it, you know. Right. But it's so great that you do know how it works. Right. So as we come to a close, we've had this amazing conversation. Um, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> and you. Why is women empowerment so important to you? Ooh. We, as women, have come up, especially in this um, time, being told one way or the other that we can't do things, that we shouldn't do things. And I, I spoke to my father about this this morning. It has been my belief since I was about 18 months old, according to my mother, <laughs> that independence isn't, shouldn't be assigned to the sex. Mm -hmm. That we should be independent as humans. And um, therefore, because we came up the way we came up and when we came up, mm -hmm. I think that women get a unique opportunity to shout out to our sex as these strong independent humans and to prove that we can do these things and we can do it creatively and we can we can jump into our passions and we can make life of that and we can make those passions support life mm -hmm. and we don't have to be I mean this this, is, this goes back but we don't have to be the secretaries and we don't have to be this and we don't have to be that. We can be these strong, empowered people that can push forward and set examples for the next generation. I tell my daughter all the time, all the time, find your passion and jump into that as a strong, empowered woman. Be that. Embody it. Let it shine forward. It's, it's the only way we're ever going to really find true equality, I believe. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Independence. Sandy, tell the Chatsworth Chelsea community how can they follow you, how can they see more of your photography, book you, etc. Yes, yes, yes. Visit me at sassandfrassphoto.com. I'm also on Facebook, Sass and Frass Photography, Instagram, Sass and Frass Photography, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Send me an email, sandy at sassandfrassphoto.com. I travel all over the nation, would be happy to come and capture you. Wow. Well, Sandy, mm. thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ladies, I hope that you are encouraged, you empower, you're reminded that self-love is important, that independence, and that we are empowered as women. And um, so I hope you just taking all these nuggets from uh, Sandy's chat with us today, as well as please be reminded that right now we are in our donation drive for the second annual Mother-to-Be celebration. If you have any new use, or I like to say pre-loved items, or if you want to donate your services, or donate cash, or buy something off of our Amazon registry, please head over to lifewithchelsea.com and help us to be a blessing to expecting moms and needs. Again, thank you for tuning in to Chats with Chelsea. Uh, get ready for an awesome week, and I look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>